Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hi, everybody. How's it going? I'm recording this episode because I'm super excited to announce that I have my next free masterclass coming up at the end of the month. It's going to be on August 31st at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, and it's all about how to torque your way to a seven-figure 401k. I haven't done a class specifically about 401ks. I've done classes on making credit cards your bitch. On I've done three classes on IRAs and Roth IRAs because I'm a Roth freak. But I also realized that I'm a Roth 401k freak. And it's about high time that I do a class that's dedicated to 401ks. So the magical thing about 401ks is that you can contribute like more than three times what you can contribute to an IRA. Yeah. So if you max out your 401k and your IRA, and invest in your brokerage account. That, in my opinion, is how you retire early. A lot of people talk about how they want to retire early, um, and they think that it's going to involve just budgeting and saving, but I'm not into that restrictive approach at all. I'm all about getting paid more, negotiating your salary, increasing your cash influxes, and investing that shit. So I want to remind y'all that the limit to contribute to your 401k for 2023 is 22,500. Are you on track to maxing that out? It really depends on your salary and how much of your paycheck you're putting into your 401k. If you don't know, you can call your 401k plan provider and ask them. You can be like, hey, this is my salary about how much of my paycheck will I need to be contributing would it be 5%, 30%, 18%? How much should I contribute from my paycheck in order to reach the limit, but not over contribute? So you don't want to get over penalized. And this is something that I'll talk about a lot in the masterclass. But for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to share some little gems of knowledge because that's what I do. We drop hella gems and we make it fun and demystify this whole world of personal finance. So I'm going to talk a little bit about things asked me over and over again. My money coaching business just turned three years old on August 10th. My business is a Leo and I'm a Virgo. So that was something really exciting to reflect on. And since I started, people come to me with the same questions regarding 401ks. They ask me if they should roll over 
an old employer 401k to their current job or roll it over into an individual retirement account. So what I say to that is you always want to check to see if you're paying any fees at your old employer. If you are, that's a sign for you to get that money out of there and either into your current employer or into uh, an IRA where you're not just paying fees for the money to sit there because there's account maintenance fees. And on top of that, if you buy funds, you're paying what's called an expense ratio. So it's like fees on top of fees if you're paying account fees. And I'm not, I don't pay any account maintenance fees for my investment accounts. I'm self-managed. I help my clients manage their money themselves. Some still choose to pay fees, understanding what that implies, and that's up to them. But I don't personally pay any account maintenance fees. In my opinion, it doesn't make any sense for me on top of the, the fees that come with my investments to be paying fees for money to just sit in an account. I'm not down with that. So I help my clients make decisions about how to roll their money over and get it out so that you don't end up paying tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in fees over time because that money could be used instead for you to be investing, building wealth, setting up generational wealth and setting up a, an inheritance for your loved ones and making it a social impact. So these are all things to think about. Instead of thinking of saving money out of scarcity, we want to save money out of expansion because we want to do better things with the money that we're saving. We don't necessarily want to just hoard the wealth because I'm anti-capitalist. And in my opinion, it can be just as bad for, to be hoarding wealth because you like the idea of being a millionaire. It's also just as bad to be hoarding wealth because you feel guilty and like you're not being a good steward of your money and not doing enough. So you're just hoard, hoard, hoarding that money out of guilt and in action. And that's not helping you and that's not helping anybody. What matters is that you're able to build wealth with intention, but also pass that on because we're all gonna die one day and we wanna leave an impact in, in our community and ease human suffering that's caused by capitalism. So that's how I use capitalism to be anti-capitalist and flip the system onto its head. So, that's what that's what I mentioned when it comes to rolling over accounts. Are you paying account fees? If you are, fuck that shit. Okay. Another thing to think about when you're paying, um, if you're paying account maintenance fees and if you want to take your money out of there is to not necessarily sell your stock. You don't have to sell your stock necessarily if you want to roll over one 401k into a new 401k or into an IRA. You don't have to sell the stock. And I think that's something that a lot of people are worried about is, oh, but I don't want to sell my stock. And they're nervous about selling their stock, especially when there's a downturn. And rightfully so, if the stock market's not popping, you should be scared to sell your stock because you could end up losing tens of thousands of dollars literally just by the timing of the stock market. So you don't have to sell your stock in order to roll over your 401k. All you have to do is go through the firm that's receiving the money because they want your money. They want to manage it. They want to go through the trouble of rolling that money for you. And you can tell them, don't sell my stock. I want to do an in-kind transfer. In-kind is fancy white men word for just keep the stock in my 401k the same to my next 401k or keep this, the same stocks that I have in my 401k and I want to roll over to an IRA. 
do an in-kind transfer. Please be kind enough to keep that shit as is and don't sell that shit. That's what in-kind transfer is. And that can also help you end up saving tens of thousands or over the long term, hundreds of thousands of dollars just using those two words and knowing that you shouldn't be fucking around selling your stock um, just because you think you have to, especially when the stock market's down. My stocks went down by almost $30,000 in just a few months without me doing anything. I was still investing in everything, but literally because the stock market went down in just a few weeks, uh, yeah, my net worth decreased by 30 Okay. And it's still back up there. It's on its way to going back to where it was. Yes. Okay. I'm still investing. I'm still pouring money into the stock market and letting time do its thing. And I'm letting my compound interest grow and grow onto itself in a much more exponential way than it would if I were to just leave my money in a savings account. So that's the power of investing. So those are things that, that I'll talk about. If you want to join my masterclass, I'd love to see you there. I love answering y'all's questions at these classes and seeing y'all build wealth community. Um, and, and I'll put the link for y'all to sign up for the class uh, in the show notes. So, so those are things to think about if you were thinking about rolling over an old employer 401k into your current retirement accounts. Consolidation is my jam. When I log into my investment accounts, I see my net worth. And I don't have to wonder if I have money in other places all over the place. I have a very clean system where I log into my platform at Charles Schwab, where I hold all of my investment accounts and I see my entire net worth all in one place. And I even connect my savings accounts and my credit cards so that I can see not just how much money I have, but how much I owe in my credit cards too, which that affects your net worth as well. I want to have it all in there and know where all my money is in one place. So I'm not wasting time trying to worry about, oh, but I have these accounts here. And no, we don't have time for that decision fatigue and that wondering fatigue, honestly. So that's something that I consistently help my clients with too, is decide to leave where their investments are because they don't like the customer service or the interface. Uh, Like one of my clients, Nira, had her investments, I believe at Fidelity. And I showed her, like I show all my clients my investment accounts. I'm very transparent. And I showed her my interface. And she's like, actually, Charlie, I want to move my shit from Fidelity to Schwab because Schwab's is more user-friendly. It's it's easy to understand. So she ended up literally moving her investment accounts from a brokerage firm to another because it was just easier. And when you are making millionaire money moves. You don't have to be a millionaire yet, but it's going to be much easier for you to become a millionaire and to get there when it's easier for you to log in and understand what the fuck your money is doing for you. So especially in a 401k, you should absolutely understand exactly what you're investing in and understanding why you're contributing the percentage that you are, because if you're just contributing the employer match, that's the bare minimum. If you're doing that, it's going to be a lot harder and take a lot longer to retire early or just even retire if you're just doing that employer match. That's the bare minimum. So I want you to think about, uh, depending on how much debt you have, have a debt payment plan, have your emergency fund. And then if you ever wonder, what should I do with this extra cash? How can I invest this extra cash 
your 401k is the number one place that you should be going to before you look at day trading and Robinhood accounts and brokerage accounts. The 401k is the OG account that has the potential for the most tax-free growth, especially if you do the Roth 401k. And that's like compound interest on steroids because the, the limit is much higher than it would be in an IRA. So I remember at one point I put half my paycheck into my 401k when I was at the nine to five and I'm so freaking happy I did that. The worst that could happen is that I would decide to just lower it. But I'm surprised at how consistently I kept half my paycheck going into my 401k because I had my emergency fund built up and I kept my expenses low when I was living in Indiana. I was biking to Aldi, grocery shopping, cooking a ton, meal prepping. I didn't even have a car. I wasn't burning money there because honestly, there was not much to do in Indiana and I didn't really get along with a lot of people. So I used that time to just make my money grow for itself. And I'm so happy that I did that. So what you contribute from your paycheck is important. The next thing that I'll talk about more in, in the class on August 31st is uh, what you're invested in matters. You should absolutely not be just having cash in your 401k, especially if you're decades away from retirement, because cash loses value to inflation every single day. Interest rates in investment accounts are even crappier than they are in savings accounts or in high yield savings accounts. The only reason you should have hella cash in your retirement accounts is if you're already retired and you're starting to pull that cash out of your retirement accounts. If you're not retired right now, <laughs> you should not have cash in your retirement accounts. Because guess what? Even when you're retired, if you're 65, you don't want to convert all of it to cash anyway, because you're still going to need to live for 40 more years. And the cost of living is going to continue to rise with age. And human beings are living longer and longer. And you might have more health expenses coming up in your old age, depending on como te cuidas now, which is why health is an important investment. Also, who you partner with is the biggest investment, too, or one of the biggest investments, taking care of yourself too, and taking preventative measures for your, your physical health and your mental health too, because that will affect um, your bills when you're 85 and 95. And that's not something I feel like people talk about because they don't have the foresight to think about these things. But when you do start consistently investing in retirement and you work on your money mindset, you're going to have a lot more bandwidth to start really thinking about who the fuck you're going to be when you're 85 and what legacy you're going to live and um, in your older age. So yeah, that's why if you're 25, you should not be having cash in your investment accounts. I remember helping one of my clients, Gloria Malone. She was on my podcast recently and we worked together in 2020. She hired me at first to just look at her 401k to make sure she was investing in the right things. And thank God we looked at her 401k in 2020 because she was invested in cash. She was invested in a 2010 fund, a fund that she was paying for as if she were retired in the year 2010. Gloria was like 30 at that point. We're the same age. So 
we changed up her entire investments. Luckily, she had just started that job. So she had about $1,000 in that 401k. We changed that shit entirely to be invested in the low cost index funds that track the stock market over time. And that money doubled in a month because the stock market was popping. And now her 401k, I believe, has five figures in it easily. And she's maxing out her Roth IRA and she's investing in the same thing. And I say investing in the same thing because if you worked with me before <laughs> and you're wondering, oh, what kind of new stock should I buy? And you're going on TikTok and asking people for recommendations. Just keep buying the same thing that you're buying. When you have more money, something that surprised people is that they end up feeling overwhelmed with the choices that they haven't had in the past. But I'm here to just remind you to just keep buying the same funds. I have contributed 6500 to my Roth IRA this year, and I bought all the same low-cost funds. The same thing. I have dozens of the same thing in my investment account because it's diversified and it's low cost and it's tracking the stock market. So I can move on with my, my merry way and be twerking out here with my money guns and talking about money on my Unicorn Millionaire podcast and doing IG lives. So what you're investing in absolutely matters. And you could be spending a lot more money than you should be when it comes to these different funds. So I would explain the difference between target date funds and index funds. Something I see when I log in to my clients, when, when they log into their 401ks, as we do Zoom screen share, I'm not logging into my clients' accounts. They're doing it and I'm seeing their accounts is for the first time, especially I'm looking for any funds that have a date in them. If the date says 2050, 2055, 2060, in my mind, that tells me that you're paying a lot of money. You're paying a team of rich white men to manage this fund for you until the year 2050 or 2060 for them to buy stock for you and start slowly selling out of that stock. The closer you reach that quote unquote retirement age date, which as I've explained, that's not actually when you're going to be fully retired because you're going to need to keep living and selling stock and paying for life for decades, even after you've retired. But if you have funds that have those dates on them, you're usually paying a 0 0.75, 0 0.8 expense ratio, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that can mean tens of thousands of dollars in fees over the course of your entire life. And that's just a percentage of these investments that are sneaky because they're embedded within the fund. You don't actually see the fees outside of the fund. Like if it was a receipt that shows you tax, nah, it's sneaky like that. So, so that's how they get you. So some of my clients do understand that they're paying more and they still will decide to invest in these target date funds. And some will even do a ladder of target date funds, understanding that you're still going to need to be investing at any age that you are, even an older age. So I've had some clients do some money in a 2060 fund, some money in 2065, so that it slowly releases the cash for you. Um, instead of just all at once. So, and that's, in my opinion, still better than just having your shit sit there in cash and lose value to inflation. Even if you invest in a target date fund, that's still, in my opinion, going to grow your money more than if it was just sitting bajo tu colchón or even in a high-yield savings account. So 
I used to invest in target date funds when I didn't really understand expense ratios and what I was doing. But once I started understanding this, when I worked in finance, I sold out of all of them and I did what my colleagues were doing. My male stockbroker colleagues were buying the low cost index funds that had less than point one expense ratio. So the low cost index funds that I invest in have 0.03% expense ratio. So that to me is low cost. There's some that are 0.02% that are mutual funds that one of my clients is buying into in his Roth IRA. So if you don't want to pay an expense ratio, you would have to buy your own individual stock like buy your own shares of Apple or AMD, the chip company, or Frito-Lay, the other, the like actual eating chip company instead of the microchip company, or Walmart, or Apple, Google, all of these. So there's certain risk that comes with that. Yes, your money can grow, but if one of those companies ends up going bankrupt, then you can lose all of your money. I had one company go bankrupt and I lost over $4,000. And I thank God that, that that was just my play money and I played with it and I learned and I paid the price of stock market tuition. And I share these mistakes with you so that you don't make these mistakes. I made this mistake as somebody who worked for a year and a half in finance, had my licenses and sometimes human psychology and greed will make you feel like you can beat the stock market. But I learned my lesson and I'm not into these obscure pharma stocks, even if they did help me make some money in 2020 when things were popping down the line, I should have just let go of it. So I share my mistakes. So y'all don't have to make these mistakes for yourself. So that's, that's the gold that is in the lessons that is sharing my mistakes. So you don't have to. So Another thing I help my clients with when we log into their 401k portal, if they decide that actually they want to sell out of these target date funds that are more expensive and buy low cost index funds that just track the stock market, their 401k portal usually gives them the option of, okay, do you want to change everything that's happened? Do you want to change the last $50,000 or $100,000 or $200,000 that's been sitting in your 401k? Or... Do you want to just change your future paycheck contributions? So depending on your circumstance, you might not feel ready to change your entire allocation, especially if the stock market's down because you might lose money. So you might be wanting to just leave your investments as is and then change your future paycheck contributions, which is another option. I've had some clients do that. Most of them sell out of what it they already have and change their entire allocation. But I have had a client who was like, actually, I'm okay with this, but for future paychecks, let's invest in something cheaper that pretty much does the same thing just to diversify even more. But those are the types of things that I can help you do with ease as an employee. You deserve to absolutely be aware of this as an employer benefit. And we're in America, in my opinion, <laughs> the government should be taking care of us in retirement, but social security is already a joke and it's going to be even more of a joke by the time that we end up retiring. So unfortunately it's up to us to become our social security nets. It's up to us to take care of ourselves in retirement because there is no financial aid for retirement. There's no 
scholarship for retirement. That's why it's so important for us to just get started and worry less about the amount and just get started instead of just waiting, 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 hoping somebody is going to take care of us and then no one ends up taking care of us, much less the government. So that's why I will keep preaching about why we need to urgently get started now, but also understand what we're doing and how to make educated investment decisions now so that we can help ourselves and our community. The last thing I want to leave you with is that you are not alone. If you are wondering about how to get started and if you want to understand your 401k, of course, you should hire me to work with you. I love helping my clients understand their 401ks and get excited to check them. And I help all my clients basically tell them what questions to ask customer service. You don't have to call HR. They're not going to know anything, but call your 401k plan provider so that you can ask questions because they get paid to sit on the phone and answer your questions. So don't feel like your questions are dumb or you don't have a good enough question. They get paid regardless of whether you ask them or not. So get your money's worth, milk that employer plan and ask them, hey, in order to hit the $22,500 401k contribution limit, how much of my paycheck should I put in there so that I don't over contribute? Or ask them, do I have a Roth 401k option? Some employers do, some employers don't. But if you don't know, you most likely are doing the pre-tax 401k where you're not paying much in taxes now. But when the government's going to come knocking at your door in your 70s because they want their taxes, they're going to say, hey, you're going to need to start taking money out of your 401k because we need our taxes now. And they're going to be knocking at your door. But the Roth 401k, that means you pay taxes now in your tax bracket, and then that money grows tax-free and you won't have to pay taxes ever again on it because you already did 40 years ago. And that I think is more important to be aware of because the government raises tax rates. The government is $31 trillion in debt. It owes money to China. <laughs> so who do you think it's going to get its money from when it's time to pay that debt off? Not for billionaires. Are you kidding me? From us, from the lower class, from the middle class, from whatever class is not a billionaire class. So they're going to raise taxes and want to get their cut from us, not the billionaires, unless there's an absolute overthrow of like the eight top wealthiest men in, in the world and there's economic equality. This is why it's urgent to understand the implications of waiting to get taxed versus just biting the bullet, getting taxed now, knowing that your money is going to grow tax-free for decades. So you won't have to worry about what tax bracket you're in as much just by clicking on the Roth 401k option. So that's why these things matter and will affect the trajectory of your life. So that's another thing you can call the 401k plan provider and ask them these things and inform yourself. And if at any point you're trying to see what you're invested in, you don't know, call them, call them and ask them, can you walk me through how to understand what I'm investing in within my 401k? They can't make recommendations, but they can explain things to you. Can you explain this fund to me as if I was a toddler? It's all about just asking them to explain things simply to you. And if they can't explain things simply to you, then they don't understand what's going on. 
in my opinion, when you really understand something, you're able to explain it as if you were explaining it to a five-year-old. So don't be afraid to call customer service. So that's how you twerk your way to a seven-figure 401k. If you're interested in joining my masterclass, I would love to see you there. Of course, I will be twerking. Of course, there will be money guns. And of course, I will be answering your questions. If you join live, I'll be doing a Q&A at the end and you'll have access to the recording if you can't make it, but reserve your spot so you can um, receive the recording after the fact. But I love my classes. They're so much fun. I love giving them and I love building the community and seeing people who I interact with on my mailing list on Instagram, through my podcast, and just seeing them show up and build community. I normalize that we as LGBT and BIPOC can and should be building wealth because once we have the money that these billionaires have, we're going to be the ones that are going to be taking care of the planet and saving the planet because these white dudes are just keep acting a fool, sending rocket ships into space. And a whole mess. That's another TED Talk. But we are not like that. You can use money for good and to help people. Being wealthy does not make you a bad person, despite the narrative that you've been shoved down your throat, that rich people are evil. Not all rich people are evil. In order to help yourself and help others, you need money in this society. So that's what we're here to normalize. So I'm going to drop the link for you to sign up for the class at the link in the show notes. And I'd love to see you there. All right. Take care, y'all. Bye. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.